my literally hot body, my beautiful body. Like, if I was Madeline, I'd be like, y'all make me sound so vain. If I was Madeline, I'd be like, thank you, but um, I'm concerned that the writers are really down bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 27-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is which element would you control if you could um, control an element? Because Cheryl apparently can control all of the elements, but she's very good at fire. Are we talking about, like, Avatar? Like, you know, like, bending and stuff like that? Sure. Or is it, like, any element? Like, metal and stuff? Oh, interesting. I was thinking only the main four, but if you want to say something- I mean, there are no rules. I was gonna say water. I am a Pisces. I'm crying constantly. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, and I'm an earth sign. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I would choose earth. Yeah. My reason is like, ugh, not to sound annoying, but I would choose water so that I could try and stop, like, the global flooding. Yeah. And the ice caps melting. Mm -hmm. I probably would choose that, mm -hmm. which I know sounds stupid. Yeah. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound stupid. Oh my god, what? Yeah, I don't know. Imagine, be, imagine being like, oh, I'm trying to save the entire world, not even, I'm not even choosing this power for selfish reasons, I'm, I'm choosing it to be yeah, good but for I'm the like, world, I that's so stupid. No! No, it's more like, I don't want to sound like, like, you know, like, self-congratulatory, I was just like, that's uh, genuinely what I would do, mm -hmm. because then you could put out, like, you could solve so many climate crises. Yeah, crises. I think that, yeah, me as For, a- Forest fires! Yeah, me, yeah. A, me as a person, I would choose, but even, like, if you were a, if you did fire, then you could just get rid of forest fires, too. That's true, but- I don't know. There's something... I feel that fire is not as useful mm. in things that aren't, like, battle, and yeah. I'm not battling anyone. Right. So, yeah. I think me as a person, I would choose water, but I am playing a fire janazi in D&D. &D. Ooh. So, I contain multitudes. A what? A janazi. It's what is like that? a... Is that a, a, it's like an elemental kind of person. So, like a, py a pyrotechnic, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, but then it's like you're, um, usually, and, like, you can kind of pick whatever you want. Like, skin is red, and then, like, you sometimes have fire hair, and, like, you're kind of, like, made mm. out of that thing, and then Wait. all of your powers come So, what would the benefits of being able to control like earth be uh probably like earthquakes you could probably like open pieces of the earth and people could fall into them oh my god you know what i'm throwing the entire modern republican party in that pit i also feel like earth is like you're able to control plants Ooh! oh my god yes mm. you could regrow the rainforest yeah Ooh, i kind of like that one mm -hmm. they all have benefits i might actually end up choosing earth maybe earth I, the only reason I would choose water is for our future selves, because mm -hmm. there's going to be, like, some kind of water crisis, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. You know what? I'm just I don't living day by it. day. Yeah. <laughs> it, honestly, if I controlled the Earth, the way that I would just, like, <laughs> I would pick random people that I didn't like, mm -hmm. like Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Just make a mound of Earth just shoot up under him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, does it, like, push him, or does it go up his butt? Oh my god, it's like you knew I wanted to put it up his butt. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know. But also, like, it's just, like, the little things. Control the earth. He could just mm -hmm. trip whenever. Yeah. I, I'm obsessed with that. Okay, I might, I might choose earth. Okay. I'm choosing earth. Okay. okay. And my name is Brittany Spoilers. Ray. Spoilers. <laughs> I'm, <a laughs> I'm a 32-year-old artist and writer. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Apertiani, where I can be fun attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat and MILFs. I should really say talking about MILFs. If you like. Oh my god, I mean, you, you say badass moms, bro. Oh, right, that's Mills twice. <laughs> it's my brand. Yeah. And talking about being gay. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so we've already gone over what I would choose. Yeah. So. So what is your official choice? Because the stakes are dire in this imaginary Yes. Thing. Okay, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Earth would be useful, but I would be jealous of people with water, so I'm going to choose water. Okay. Yeah. Aw, look at us. I know. We're look so cute. We're so, look at, who would have thought? 
Nami. Nami. Today we have words to say about episode 610 of Riverdale, Folk Heroes. So it doesn't seem like this is a reference to any piece of media in particular, like I said last episode, um, but a folk hero or a national hero is a type of hero, real, fictional, or mythological, with their name, personality, and deeds embedded in the popular consciousness of a people, mentioned frequently in folk songs, folk tales, and other folklore, and with modern trope status in literature, art, and film. So Jughead kind of explains that at the beginning of the Bro. episode. Dolly Parton. Probably. Like, low-key. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see why not. Um, going into thoughts from listeners, we got a couple emails from Sarah. Um, Sarah, may I just say, I, Sarah's new here, yes? Yeah. I'm obsessed with you. I think you're so funny. I don't, um, I don't love you. know if, yes, long-time listener, first-time caller, she said. Oh my god, so, okay, well. She's hello. to us, hi. Hello. Obsessed with you still. Yeah. Um, and, uh, she had a couple of thoughts about the town episode. Let's hear it. Um, for the, for the town. The, the episode called The Town. Um, and it's a few things about how she herself lives in a tiny house. She, she lives in a tiny house. It, and, and also, her house has a cat door. So you saying that you wanted a oh, cat door in your house, in your I'm tiny house. I'm so jealous. I think Kobe would love that. Yeah. Like, he'd be on a leash, obviously, because of who he is as a cat. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, she also mentioned uh, a couple of good points. Alice's condemnation of Veronica because of Hiram is pretty crappy considering Betty is the daughter of the Black Hood. Girl, you were married to the Black Hood. No, like it's the way that my blind love for Machen and Milfs completely yeah. just... I, I forget, I conveniently forget all mm -hmm. of Alice's many flaws. Yes. Because um, I'm like, but look how pretty she is. And mm -hmm. she was so sexy with FP. Yeah. What a very good point. But again, I think this is all Percival controlling her. So I'm going to yeah. excuse all of her actions. Thank you. Well, let me just say one more time. If she hadn't started being crappy before Percival had talked to her, ah, then I would allow it. Yeah. I think that what we're going to do, if we can possibly just let Alice chill, which uh -huh. I'd like to, I would, I would is that, that she became crappy before he talked to her, but after she had read the article. And my headcanon is that the article, even though he wasn't talking to them and he keeps saying he needs to see people face to face. It's Riverdale. Can he imbue some of his power into his words? Listen, if anyone's listening to this and you're disagreeing, I completely understand. Yeah. And you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> I have a uh, deep bias because Meechin was really nice to my wife once. Yeah. And she's very pretty. True. Um, she also mentioned your comment about fundraising for the tiny houses was super funny, especially bringing up the car wash. Uh, because if, <laughs> if, if you remember, they only made $400. I did not remember. <laughs> I did not remember, but thank you very much. Remember when they made them shoot that car wash when it was so clearly not warm outside? Yeah. yeah. Good luck, everybody. That's really funny. Uh, yeah, but she just sent us some random thoughts um, and said that they've been listening to all of our podcasts since season four of the Numeric show, of which we don't speak. Oh, I'm and, so sorry. Like, season four, man, you are OG. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, and I super love listening to your thoughts on the ridiculous of, uh, ridiculousness of Riverdale. Thank you. Also, sorry you had to clearly hear me cry once. Yeah. I would that was- We've both cried on that podcast. Not to sound like a YouTube influencer, but I'm a different person now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she also sent us a new one uh, just a couple days ago about the Serpent uh, Serpent Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Um, I still like that title. I know you don't like it, but I like it. Yeah. I think the Queen's Gambit is a great title. But she's the Serpent Queen. I know, but we already know it's the Serpent Queen. It feels like they're hitting me over the head. It's Riverdale. Yeah. She said, thank you for allowing me to take some space in your orbit, please. Please, Please, who it's, do you think I am? As, I'm just a person. As with all of our listeners, it's an honor to hear from you guys. Yes. I feel sometimes. Every single one of you. Sometimes I feel like I'm talking into the void. 
So yeah. if you guys want to hit us up, I would love to hear from Exactly. You. It really feels like we're just, like, talking to each other, but we know that you guys are out there, and, yeah. like, that's so nice, but, like, if you want to talk to us, please do. I'd love do. to hear from you. I'm trying to get back into actually conversing with humans again after COVID and all the other nutty stuff going it. on in the yeah. U.S. and globally, but if this is annoying, please let me know. No, uh, this uh, is, this it is, is so not welcome. annoying. It is 100%, 1 billion percent not annoying. I Every time I get an email on the aficionados, I am smiling. Yeah. Thank you so much. Like Sarah, Blanket Juice, Dave, Casey, Chris, all yeah. of y'all, we are so happy you. that you are here. Mm-hmm. If I didn't name you, that is nothing personal. Yeah. As we all uh, are very aware, I have ADHD and a bad memory. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, uh, she has not watched the most recent episode, so might like, the episode we're talking about today, yeah. but, uh, here are some good points that she brought up. Okay. Uh, random thought about Abigail. Maybe she's so out of character. This is a really good point, and mm-hmm. I actually okay. think that I totally believe this, okay. and thank you so much for bringing this up. She's so out of character because the Abigail we saw in Vale was pre-burned at the stake Abigail, and in Riverdale, she is post-burned at the stake Abigail. She said, if people tied me to a pole and set me on fire, I'd be pretty salty about it, too. I mean, it's the way that I didn't even take that into account. Me neither. Honestly, that's on us. Yeah. That was kind of dumb. I mean, like, was she even burned at the stake in River Vale? Because then she just moved on to be Poppy. But this, I mean, either way, this is correct. Well, oh yeah, which, no, this is the Riverdale version of her, which means she was burned at the stake and Poppy never existed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, little queer Poppy. Another thing. Uh, I think Reggie is a chameleon character. He tends to mirror the behavior he sees in people he associates with. He yep. scams because Veronica scams. Uh, he points guns at search parties when they are looking for murdered girls in swamps because Hiram does. He is a straight dude doing some theater because Archie is there too. Yep. I would be interested to see how Reggie would adapt being in the presence of someone like Tabitha, who is more chill and compassionate. Would he alter his behavior? That's a really good point. I am very interested in Completely that Completely agree. Kevin's sudden concern about gang culture is hilarious, seeing how he's been in a serious relationships with two serpents yeah i mean i know that kevin is completely under percival's control and stuff but Mm -hmm. like exactly yeah someone some character who isn't under percival's control needs to point that out to him because i'm thinking maybe that'll just like break the spell yeah um and then lastly uh, i had mentioned that (laughs) abigail was trying to put tony's soul into archie or one of the other people and uh she said i need someone to write a series of one shots where uh tony's put into random people's bodies no i agree i'd like to see it i'd like but also be careful because rule 34 Hmm? it'll immediately become porn yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Brittany, tutor boot for this episode. I'm going to give it a toot. I yeah. really enjoyed Cheryl's storyline a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I The Percival stuff was entertaining. Uh, it, it was good. I am amazed. Once again, not a dud so far in this Riverdale part, portion of, of uh, the season. Fan. It's, toot. It's really important that these writers have figured out, okay, so what if it's ridiculous and we know it's ridiculous? I'm hoping they know it's ridiculous. Uh, they have to. Because it makes their writing better. Yeah. It's great. I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah. It's more entertaining for sure. Mm-hmm. So we split this episode into three storylines. Uh, the Cheryl and Betty storyline, the Veronica, Tabitha, and Tony storyline, and then the Archie and Jughead storyline. Um, and we're going to start with uh, Cheryl and Betty, I was thinking. Oh, we can. And Brittany did that one. Okay. Speaking of Cheryl Bombshell. Ah, uh, fire ice. Fire ice. Got I it. mean, it really is fitting. Mm-hmm. Whoever, whoever did this had one good idea and they yeah. just ran with it. Yeah. Alright, so the sheriff's storyline. Apparently, Britta's parents are no longer homophobic and want her to come home, mostly because they heard that Cheryl wanted to adopt Britta, and I guess they weren't into that. Yeah. 
Sure. Cheryl thanks Britta for helping her defeat Abigail, and she'll always have a place at Thornhill. I'm sad. Uh, I why, love Britta. Why now have they? Leaving? Why have they banished my namesake? I don't know. Her I'm name sad. is Britannia. That's me. Maybe the girl who played Britta got a really dope role on something else, and if that's true, then that's awesome. Some Netflix show. Yeah, that's great. I think she's pretty good, and so I think that she should go out and do good things. I also think she probably got fat checks from this, and I'm mm. just really happy for her in general. Because yeah. I she's got to be a little Vancouver girl, and so yeah. that makes me happy. Yeah. Cheryl sits and reads next to Annabelle. Oh, I met Abigail. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually Julian. Cheryl tells Abigail she'll never escape the doll, and in return, Abigail sets Cheryl on fire. Except that it was a nightmare. Mm. We've all had those. Usually mine involve my teeth falling up. Yeah, I think I had a nightmare last night. Uh... Things were chasing me. Did you really? Yes, and it was like sort of like a funhouse type experience where, um, like we had to like go through different like tunnels and and everything was like super bubblegum, lots of colors, right? And there were these parts where I had to like swing underneath like a bar, but okay. if you didn't swing far enough down, your head got chopped off. Oh my god, it's giving saw. Yeah, it was scary. And then um, hey, great horror movie idea. Yeah. And then uh, they started following, they were still following me, and then they got up, and I kept trying to hit them, um, but then my dog barked, and then I woke up, and then I didn't have to do it anymore, hey, and I was like, great. Shout out to your dog. Yeah. <laughs> See, my nightmares are like, they're always, my teeth are falling out, I'm barefoot somewhere I shouldn't be barefoot, oh, or my- I haven't heard that one. <sighs> I, I am, we are, I'm not giving up foot content for free, for, but to suffice it to say, guys, my nightmare came true the other day, and it was Robin's fault. It was my fault, and I take responsibility, but I don't apologize. <gasps> you're a mean lady. I think that you're growing as a person from being if barefoot by, somewhere. If by growing as a person, you mean that I just slowly lost all of my dignity? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I, and what I mean was growing a foot fungus from being- Stop! Other- <laughs> I'm not speaking to you anymore. Anyway, so Cheryl is concerned, and Nana Rose takes her temperature and discovers she has a fever of 103. Yeah, I just said temperature. Let's move on. Instead of taking care of the granddaughter, she tried to body swap. Nana Rose is going to keep vigil over Abigail. But don't worry, she hired Cheryl a night nurse. Yes. Why does the doll have a band-aid on its face now? Did it have a band-aid yesterday? Or last episode? I don't know. I don't know either, but I thought that I was I don't weird. care enough to look, but that's funny. Yeah. Um, also, her spider brooch is back. Is it? Yeah, she's wearing it again. I guess the spider brooch was just like Nana Rose, like... Thinking that Cheryl is gone now, and it is something that is, like, a vestige of her granddaughter that she will now miss? That was exactly, like, yeah, like, it's yeah. a memento sort of thing. Yeah. It's just that I latched onto this little red herring with everything in me, and yeah. I won't let go of it. Thank yeah. you. So, yeah, basically, Nana Rose is gonna keep vigil over the doll. Sure. I love how Nana Rose is like, I can't look after you. you need, you're my guardian. You need to look after me. And Cheryl at no point is like, hey, remember when you tried to, like, kill me? Yeah. Are we just not going to bring that up ever? Nana Rose is like, well, I brought you back, so... Sure. Why are you mad at me? So, Night Nurse Darius arrives. We saw him previously. Yeah, I tried to look him up on the wiki, but he doesn't have a wiki page. Um, <gasps> This would never happen on Lostpedia. Uh, Lostpedia has wiki pages for literally the smallest characters in the entire world. If Darius has a name, he would have a wiki, wiki page, but um, I couldn't... So, I don't know... I can't even remember which season it was, but either way, like... I think Cheryl thought that Darius was, like, hitting on Tony or something, and then she, like, fired him in a really mean way, so the fact that he's like, I'm so happy to come back. Yeah, he's literally like, it's an honor to be back, and I'm like, I'm like, I-, I wouldn't come back to this place. Also, then, he dies, so we forgot to say all the things, <laughs> we forgot to say all the things that people need to know. Whatever, they'll, they'll hear it as we go yeah. on. I don't even know if we need to do that. Okay, so, 
I'm literally scrolling through because Darius doesn't have a thing. Yeah. But Agent Drake does already. That's because everyone thinks Agent Drake is hot. You know what? And that's fair. She's and super gay. She, she is gay. Super, super gay. Not to break up Barchi, but like, I, I want, I want her, Agent Drake, to date Cheryl. Cheryl is canonically into women. And how cool would it be to be like an X-Files person who dates a pyrotechnic? Yeah. I, I gotta tell you. Or a pyrokinetic. Yeah, it's kind of like if you're an X-Files person and then um you're dating an immortal. Yeah. Scully's immortal. What? Yeah. I've never heard that. There's this one uh, episode where the case is that this guy can see how you die. Uh-huh. And um, he looks at Scully at the end. It's like this, it's like the end scene and it's like really, really like meaningful and he looks at Scully and he said Agent Scully you never die what and um it's just sort of been like this thing that like Scully will never die okay which is like kind of metal because like it's Scully so yeah how did that happen isn't she just like a person no she's had a lot of stuff happen to her okay yeah it's alien aliens so yeah to go through this storyline all you really need to know is that Cheryl uh has fire powers now well but we don't know that yet no I know but we're trying to tell people ahead of time if they haven't seen the episode yeah and that Darius is back but he don't get attached because he won't be around for long yeah yeah so Darius makes Cheryl some soup and she's like oh my god yeah she's really into the this soup. is restorative <laughs> soup like this soup is like kind of sexual yeah. and I'm like Thanks for taking care of my literally hot body. I was like, what's going on? The amount of times that uh, Mads is like, my literally hot body, my beautiful body. Like, if I was Madeline, I'd be like, y'all make me sound so vain. If I was Madeline, I'd be like, thank you, but um, I'm concerned that the writers are really down bad for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, queen. So... Darius and Cheryl both hope that her fever is going to break by morning. Yeah. And in a way it does. Kinda. I mean, because she wakes up the next morning and the fever's slightly lower, but Darius do be burnt to a crisp. Yeah, who, and I guess he was just watching her while she slept. Yeah, he like sat by her bedside and she woke up and all, every part of him was ash except for the chair and the shoes. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Nana Rose says that it couldn't have been Abigail because the doll didn't twitch all night. You Were you up all night? Queen at your big age. Yeah. How are you doing this? So, so Cheryl killed Darius? I mean, yeah, the implication is that in her sleep, her power, like, released itself and burnt him to a crisp. Horrifying, and it's interesting that Cheryl doesn't really grapple with that. Like, she's just mostly worried about her own death, which I understand, but Cheryl at no point is just like, I killed a man. I mean, yeah. (laughs) It's Riverdale! So Cheryl calls Betty to Thornhill to investigate the body. Neither of them understand why his feet didn't burn, so Betty decides to call Dr. Curdle Jr. May I just say, I already understood why his feet didn't burn because I watched CSI and the X-Files. Yes, and also like, there, not was to flex. <laughs> and there was also an episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved about it. <gasps> That's true, there was. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Curdle Jr. says that the death was spontaneous human combustion. Often the feet and the chair of the victim don't burn. Betty tells Cheryl this, and Cheryl immediately stresses it will happen to her since her temperature keeps rising, so Betty decides to stay with Cheryl and keep an eye on her. It's very it's sweet. very sweet. They're it's all lovely. cousins. They are family. Yeah. Um, this show often forgets that, so it's nice when a writer remembers those things. Yeah. Not the show itself, but just one of the writers. I'm remembering them kissing early, earlier this season. Don't! It, you know what? It's because um, Mads and Lily have such crazy good chemistry yeah. because they're good friends. Yeah. So, like, seeing them actually together in a storyline was really nice. Yeah. Because Cheryl's always so isolated. Exactly. Cheryl's temperature keeps skyrocketing. Betty decides to put her in an ice bath, which literally boils even as she adds <laughs> ice, which was, that was kind of cool. cool. I liked it. I really liked it. 
The ice temporarily does cool Cheryl down, but it's not a permanent solution. Yeah. So Betty decides to call the X-Files. Yeah. Not a joke, just a fact. She's like, there's a division at the FBI that deals with these kind of things. And I was like, okay, sure. I see what's happening After here. the alien thing last season, they're like, this. it's only the X-Files. You know what's sad? Last season, it could have just been an alien, but they hadn't leaned into the fact that this show could be supernatural. Mm-hmm. Which, bummer. I could have had so many X-Files jokes. Yeah. And, okay, here's, a, here's, here's my off-the-wall theory that I'm going to tell you after this scene. Okay. So, never mind. This, I'm not going to tell you it. Oh. Right the second. All right. Okay. Just keep that up. <laughs> Okay. Or put that in, because people are confused, and this is my personality. Yeah. Okay. Agent Drake from the X-Files meets up with Betty at Pops and explains that she doesn't think what happened was spontaneous human combustion, but instead a manifestation of pyrokinesis. It can happen after puberty or intense trauma. I said puberty. (laughs) And I'm going to keep going. Okay. The person needs to discharge the heat inside them, or they will burn from the inside out. So Cheryl needs to set something on fire with her mind. Yeah. Sure! It's Riverdale. Um, so Cheryl has superpowers now. Yeah. So what Sam had said when we were watching is that, like, before we had met Agent Drake, she was like, the character's name should be Agent Fox. Yeah. It's subtle. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. If you guys don't know, one of the main characters in the X-Files, his first name is Fox. Yes. So it's not like being like, ah, yes, Agent Scully, thanks for coming. Like, that'd be too much, you know? Agent Mulder, thanks, too much. But Agent Fox, it's subtle. It's an homage. I'm looking it up because I'm suddenly like, I think there was a character whose name was Drake, but it doesn't look... There were two characters. One was named Benjamin Drake, but um, mm. his Wikipedia... His page looks like this. Okay. So don't know who that is. And Patricia Drake, who was just an actor. Oh, this is such a bummer. Yeah. They really there missed was a, an opportunity There was an opportunity, here. yeah. But... So the thing that I was talking about earlier that was basically word salad was that (laughs) a lot of the writers who are at the CW are obviously younger writers because it's a great place to get started writing. And a lot of them grew up in fandom. Like, we know this. Like, we've known quite a few CW writers and all of them came from fandom. So it wouldn't surprise me that a lot of the ideas that are especially in Riverdale call back to some of the bigger fandoms that people wrote fan fiction in, like the X-Files. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, from time to time when I'm like, God, this sounds like an episode of the X-Files, I'm like, this is probably ingrained in a writer's brain. Mm-hmm. This woman is clearly so gay. Yeah. She's extremely She's queer-coded. Like, Do you want my help? And I'm like, are you gonna kiss? I'm like, are you guys gonna date? Like, bring her in then. What's her first name? Yeah, like, let's have her be a character. I love her. She runs the X-Files. When is Betty gonna join the X-Files? Yeah, and she was like, oh my gosh, I've wanted to meet you since Starkweather. I wonder if Drake's a reference to, like, another FBI thing. Maybe. You know, like Twin Peaks or something. Yeah. That wasn't the FBI, but whatever. So she's like, well, spontaneous human combustion is really rare, so it's probably not that. And I'm like, rarer than someone having pyrokinesis? The thing about anyone who works in the X-Files is that they say and do insane things. It's like, but they do turn out to be right. It's just weird that that she was like, uh, that seems weird. Why would she do this instead of this crazy thing? And I was just like, okay. No, the way I was laughing, because that's just how Mulder sounds. Yeah. So she's like, this person might have pyrokinesis. A trauma might trigger that. And then then they start talking about how people generate heat. And I'm like, are you guys gonna kiss? No, like, it's weirdly charged. Yeah. And she's like, how do we fix it? Practice. Want some pointers? This is gay as hell. Yeah. Bring in this person. I kind of think she might be around. I hope so. She feels like a character. I would hope she's not a one-off because I like her. I like her too. And I really want, because like now that we know that supernatural things are around, Mm -hmm. you can have Betty sort of, like, join that division of the FBI. Yeah, that and also she could just be, like, Betty's 
like partner. person on the inside. Yeah. You know? Like she's like, oh, this is my um, what's it called? Like my contact. Yeah, my contact in that. Yeah, in that division. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, think about it. Cooper and Drake. It yeah. so- it sounds good together. Drooper. I don't know. Okay. No. Well, we need to know what her first name is so that we can exactly add the B to the front of it. Exactly. <laughs> Bughead and Barty. <laughs> Cheryl's temperature is 119 degrees, which I'm pretty sure would kill a normal person. Yeah. Anyway, Betty tried to get her to light the logs in the fireplace on fire to displace the heat, but Cheryl is struggling because her brain is basically cooking in her body. Betty tells Cheryl that she is literally a phoenix rising from the ashes of all of her traumas. The blossoms are all about fire. Jason's funeral, Abigail's death, Cheryl's addiction to setting stuff on fire. Her fever hits 262 and then 303. I have The fact that she did not burst into flame. Yeah. Betty decides to put a picture of Penelope in the fire to encourage her, and it absolutely works. Cheryl lights the picture on fire with her mind and then collapses. Yeah. I like that Betty says, get your head in the game, which I appreciated. And then she said that you can control the elements, and that, of course, reminded me of, like, that time when she and Penelope controlled the winds to save Mm -hmm. um, the groves. So, like, can she control all elements, or is it, like, she can cast spells to control elements, but she can control fire with her mind? That... That seems right, what you just said. The nonsensical thing I just said. Yeah. Got it. And then my only other thing that I wanted to say is that instead of saying, set her ass on fire, um, Lily said, set her ass on fire, which made me real laugh. <laughs> Listen, it's the, just, it's acting. She's like, I can't see her ass in the picture. The way that was probably one take, and yeah. they had just learned that dialogue. Yeah. We did, I don't know if we told you guys, but Cole kind of, like, let slip that the actors basically get their scripts the day of, and they kind of yeah. just have to learn their lines, like, right before the scene. So, it that explains a lot about her yeah. style, I think. So Cheryl is now back to normal, with the addition of a fun new power. Yep. She sits next to Abigail Annabelle and lights some candles with her mind. She kicks back to read Firestarter by Stephen King. That's a Zac Efron movie now. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yep. However, I when I was looking it up, I did see that there was a new, like, movie-slash-TV show coming out about it. The way I had no idea that that was coming out until it was a YouTube ad on a movie or on a video that Sam and I were watching. Mm -hmm. We watched the whole trailer. We watched the whole ad. Yeah. It looks awesome. And may I just say, would have been a better title for this episode. Oh my god. Due to this episode not being a reference to anything. Really. Oh my god, that's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But however, Firestarter is a science fiction horror thriller novel by Stephen King, first published in September of 1980. And this is what happens in it. Or this is, like, the inciting incident. Because I couldn't get, like, a two-sentence thing of ha- what happens in the whole thing, but this is this is the beginning of I'm it. I'm prepared. In 1969, a secret government agency called The Shop made experiments with a chemical drug called LOT6. LOT6 altered the chromosomes on the test subjects to experiment with psychokinetic powers, such as telekinesis. Two of the test subjects... Andy and Vicky fell in love and later married. They had a child who they named Charlie, who was born with multiple abilities, including pyrokinesis, the ability to start fires with her mind. That's the beginning of the... I think that sounds great. Yeah. I'm excited because Zac Efron plays her dad in the movie. Ooh, that sounds cool. Yeah. There's... I think Zephron has a dad. God, I'm old. You know what? I was surprised at it too, though. It kind of shocked me that he took the role. Yeah. I don't know. He's like, I'm mature. He could be doing way different things, but I think he kind of just does whatever he wants. Yeah, and I respect that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, So shall we move on to Veronica, Tony, Tabitha? You know what? We shall. Okay. Uh, So Percival comes to Veronica and asks if he can live at the Babylonium? Since when is the Babylonium a hotel? I don't know. I thought it was just a casino. Me too. Not all casinos are hotels. And she says no, but he says that he'll perform and also give her cash. So then she says yes. 
I mean, if the town jackass is going to be near you, you might as well make some money off of it. I don't know. This episode has started this part thing in canon where if Percival is like, in Percy Jackson, it's called charm speak. Mm-hmm. But if Percy, if Percival is uh, charm speaking you, then you can hear like these echoes that happen. Oh, like, in, in yeah, yeah, yeah. Like trying to and we brainwash don't, you. We don't hear the echoes, so I think she just likes cash. <laughs> I mean, it's Veronica. All episode, they've been calling it The Babylonium, and until now, it's just been called Babylonium, so I'm a little mad about that. I'm just like, God, just pick one. Remember our theory that the writers don't watch each other's episodes? Yep. Yeah, there you go. So, she calls him Mr. Pickens, and he's like, call me Percival, and she goes, ew. (laughs) (laughs) Like, to his face, she's like, ew. To her, to his face, she's like, yuck. Mister, um, yeah, it's better to call him Mr. Pickett. Yeah, but then she she eventually starts doing it, though. Hey, can I live in one of your suites? Because for some reason it's a hotel now. Uh, she's like, no, you can't because you hate the casino. And he's like, not anymore. Wait, Robin, mm-hmm. should we just exclusively refer to him as Percy? Why not? I, I mean, right? I did earlier. Um, it, Percy certainly is easier to type when I'm doing my notes. And also, it's just, um, you know, given the Weasley, kind of a little bitch name. Yeah. Yeah, especially because Percival, I don't... Sorry for bringing up Harry Potter. I think Percival, like, Percy is Percival? Yes. But and that's uh, also Dumbledore's middle name. Again, yeah. sorry for bringing up Harry Potter. Um, turfs. You never have to apologize for bringing up Harry Potter No, to no, I, I'm apologizing to our audience. Okay. I have a Harry Potter tattoo, so I cannot afford, in my mind, like, mentally, to mm-hmm. completely erase Harry Potter. But anybody who does, I respect you. You know what sucks? Harry Potter was kind of the thing that, like, changed my life. Exactly, which is why I got a tattoo. I was 11 when I read the first book, and it completely, like, set my life. Like, that's where I I got on the internet to search for Harry Potter things. I learned to write fan fiction. I learned what shipping was. I learned what fandom was all through Harry Potter. And all of those things that led me to the person I am now... You can trace right back to a Fred Meyer parking lot where I read the first book. Mm -hmm. And it sucks that Joe has tainted that so badly. Mm -hmm. Like, I know this has nothing to do with Riverdale, but I feel like there's a huge overlap in terms of, like, our listeners. It just... I feel, like, pain that, you know, people obviously take Harry Potter obsession, like, too far, especially millennials. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're deeply annoying. But... It sucks that such a fundamental part of so many people's childhoods was destroyed by her bigotry. Yeah. Yeah. I did want to say that I did see Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, I also donated the amount of the ticket to the Trevor Project as well um, so that I could see it with half a uh, conscience. I really like that you did that. However, if you guys don't want to see it, just ask me any questions you might have because I did see it. And so I can answer any questions you might have. Yeah. You know what? Take take Joe's money. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I will say, having listened to Robin tell me about that movie, not enough gay. Not enough gay. More gay than ever before, but still not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Percy Weasley's uh name is Percy. Wait, it's not Percival? No, it's not Percival. Bro, what? Yeah. Percy Ignatius Weasley. Can I name him Percy? Not. Uh, sure, if you want to. Uh, however, Percy Jackson's name is Perseus. Uh, so either way, uh, his Percy is cooler than any other Percy. And thank you. This has been the Robin and Brittany Percy discuss the name Percy. Uh, hour. Yeah. Yeah. He says that he stepped down as deputy and he's opening a curiosity shop, which is a throwaway line. He only mentions it the one time this episode, but I'm like, so that's gonna happen or? Okay, so I missed that line. Yeah. I have some thoughts. Okay. I'm guessing that it's gonna be, 
it's giving conjuring because now we have Annabelle and now the Warren's artifact room. That curiosity shop is going to be full of cursed objects. Oh, for sure. You know it. For sure, sure. They're all going to be enchanted. They'll all have, and he'll be like, some of these are from my personal collection. Guaranteed. Those are cursed objects. So he says that he can offer her a year's rent, back rent, and security deposit right now in cash. Where is he getting all the money from? Dude, you have have that much cash? Okay. Do you want to share? Yeah. Like, you're gross, but I'll steal your money. He also says that he can sing, too, if he needs- if she needs somebody to perform at the casino. Um, And immediately I was like- All pink lemonade. No, he cannot sing. (laughs) I thought it was okay. I tried not to listen to it, though, because it made me uncomfy. (laughs) It's available on Spotify now, I think. No! I'm pretty sure. It was on the wiki. What was the song that he was singing? My Funny Valentine. Got it. Uh, May I just say Jerry Ryan did it better. Okay. I'm just checking to make sure that's correct. Maybe it's not. What? Maybe, I'm like, did they stop putting Riverdale songs out? I mean, probably. Everyone who works on that show was burned out. And you know what? CW stops promoting stuff after they get their audiences. Maybe they did stop putting them out. It's probably for the best. I need you to reassure me that Shallow isn't there. Uh, honestly, it might be. No. Because it said season five. Can you lie to me, though? Lie to me and tell me that the absolute butchering of Shallow is not there. If I am lying to you, I need to know if I'm lying or not. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. It is not there, Brittany. It's there, isn't it? I've been told to lie. Shit. No offense to Cammy, but what happened, bestie? Yeah. Gaga deserved better than that. So he mentions all a bunch of like fancy places that he's sung, and I'm like, no, I don't like this man. He makes me uncomfy. I don't. Him singing is not going to make me. I think that Chris O'Shea is doing a fantastic job as. Take Percival. a pause, John. <laughs> I think Chris O'Shea is doing a fantastic job as Percival, but I don't need to hear him sing. I completely agree. Um, I don't know what I never contract needed to hear Hiram sing. I didn't need to, and I don't think no, we ever did. All I needed from Hiram was for Marco Zuelos to look handsome mm-hmm. and eat Doritos. Yeah. You know? He says, yes, so you're definitely going to want me perf- to perform because the ladies love me and also so do the dudes. Sir, are you gay? If he's gay, I'm going to be mad because the show keeps making all the villains gay. For sure, but I'm also like, you would be ten times more likable if you were gay, though. No, the way it's like Percival, the Riverdale writers, J.K. Rowling, demonizing gay people. Yeah. So after another town meeting, Percival starts pitting Tabitha against Veronica by telling her that she should try and get the billboard for Pops that Veronica is taking. May I just say I'm really happy that these women were all too smart for this in the end. Yes, fantastic. So the new town sign says you can't stop progress, and it was approved by the majority of the council, a.k.a. three out of four of them. Didn't they just put the new sign up? Yeah. Like, that was the first thing we saw of Alice and what's-his-face. I've already oh, forgot Uncle Frank's name. Frank, yeah. That was, that, that was really That recent. was at the end of last season. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no room for the Pops, uh, like, thing on the sign doesn't say the town Pops anymore. Sorry, there's no room for it. Then Percival's like, the casino is a threat to Pops. And, oh, by the way, the council's holding a special meeting for the billboard, so maybe you're going to want to be there. Um, she's on the council. Yeah. Should she not have known that already? What, were you going to do it without her? Probably. Like, what the heck? And also, I'm sorry, but as someone who is wise to the ways of um, how people manipulate other people, especially when it comes to pitting women against each other, this would not have worked on me at all. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, okay, well, I'm literally going to go talk to my friend and maybe we'll just share the billboard. Yeah. Right. True. It's a big billboard. Exactly. Like, it'll will, it'll be a split billboard. Okay, BFD. Yeah. So he says that the highway that they have... Me? I would not fall for the things that a fictional character falls for. Yeah. 
He says that the highway that they have is only allowed to have two billboards, and the other one is the town sign, so there's only one other one that we can have. Hey, who do you think controls those rules? Could it be the council of the town? Maybe, or it might be, like, the government of the state. Oh, maybe. Because it says the hot. he's in the highway is zoned. Mm, good point. So Percival, Frank, and Alice decide that they're going to go with Veronica's billboard, because I guess the casino is not a problem for anyone anymore. I'm sorry, but someone needs to... Listen, I understand that, you know... The assumption is they're enchanted, they do whatever Percival wants. Yeah. Someone needs to bring up the fact that Alice was anti-casino until two minutes ago. Yeah. Like, even if you don't realize or don't know that Percival's, like, controlling minds, which I don't think Tabitha or Veronica really actually do know. They have no idea. I would be like, excuse me, were you not, like, against this, like, two seconds ago? I'm I'm just like, I don't think whoever wrote this episode knew that that's what Alice's plot yeah. line was. yeah. So Veronica and Tabitha are just awkwardly sitting and waiting. The billboard that Veronica is offering up just says Babylonium, not the Babylonium, by the way. Um, they're in the Cooper house and they come up and they're like, we appreciate your proposals, but we're going to go with Veronica because Pops is Riverdale's past and now the casino is the future and it'll give us more revenue. Alice, what? I got to tell you, the last thing that a future of a city would be is a casino. Yeah. In 2022, you can gamble online. Get out of here. Like, I'm just like, Frank, literally, like, maybe not last episode, but the episode before, he was just like, hey, the casino is a bad idea because uh, there's a lot of people in Riverdale who might have gambling problems. I mean, Percival must have enchanted him to be for it. I mean, for sure. Someone canonically, in terms of how you write a show, should point out... Hey, that's weird behavior. Yeah, weird that you said that because, yeah. Exactly. So then Tabitha leaves angry and they're like, haha, let's go see what Archie's doing. That's in the other storyline. Sure. So Tabitha and Tony talk about how they've been losing money and patronage since the casino opened and what they can do to combat that. So they go to the casino and they find that Veronica is selling diner food and milkshakes, which obviously makes them upset, and they're going to start taking her gig over to their places too. So that was Percival's influence that they were selling diner food and milkshakes, Almost certainly, yeah. Because... That would be a bold move from Ronnie. So Tony says, hey, sorry, the billboard thing didn't work out. I've been trying to get a billboard too. And Tony also says that ca- how is she supposed to um, make money selling drinks when casinos give mon- give drinks out for free? No, they don't. Okay. Here's the thing. I did the research. Uh-huh. In some places in Vegas, if you were an important enough gambler, like we're talking like a whale, you can get free drinks. Mm-hmm. There are some ways to get free drinks in Vegas. It takes a lot of work. There's an entire blog post, like, titled, How to Get Free Drinks in Casinos in Vegas. Yeah. This is not a standard thing. I have been in quite a few casinos. This is not true. If anything, they're double the price. I have paid $8 for a Diet Coke at a casino. The same casino I was walking in when we found out that we were going to be friends. Yeah. Wholesome. But yeah, um, no, this is a bunch of crap. Yeah. Here's the thing. If Tony had said, that casino gives out drinks for free. Done. Okay. No problem. But you can't just say casinos give out drinks for free. No, because that one writer went to a casino that gave out drinks for free. And, and said, like, this, this is just this like this, is this all the is. time. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. universal. They're like, it's weird that, like, you know, it makes sense that it's hurting the white worm because they're very similar establishments. Yeah. But why is it hurting Pops? Because they're so different. So they go to the casino and Percival is singing, I'm in pain. Please stop doing this. Um, I'm, I'm sure he does a great job, but I'm uncomfortable because he's not a character who's supposed to be crooning at me. What in these writer in these actors' contracts tells them that they have to sing? Yeah, I'm sorry. Not everything needs a musical number. So they're giving out burgers for free. They're like little sliders and liquor-infused milkshakes. So obviously they're mad about that. And this server who's like, it's a milkshake. And Tabitha's like, oh, hell no. And she just like walks away awkward. If I was that server, I'd be like, okay. Oh my god, not this writer having been on the show since season two. 
You should know better, bestie. Oh, boy. Oh, buddy. Okay. So, after they're angry, they look over and Percival winks at them. Stop. Okay, weird. So they're like, how are we supposed to compete when Veronica's casino has so much money? And they say that Veronica seems to care more about money than friendship. I mean... I see how they would see it that way. Did they lie? Yeah. Um, so Tabitha's going to apply for a liquor license. And I'm like, if they're in the same building, do Pops and... Like, because the white worm gives out, or, like, sells liquor. Does she need to apply for another license for her? Um, if they're in this, if they're basically the same thing? I'll just take their word for it. No, it, I, I think they have to have separate liquor licenses. Okay. Well, I mean, good then. Uh, also, they're going to get some slot machines in the white worm and do some live entertainment, like, at the casino. And they're like, but who are we going to get? Don't you perform? Literally, at the beginning of season five, after the time jump, we saw Tony performing with uh, Fangs and Sweepy. Oh, yeah. Wasn't so, it sort of like a... It's like a little band. It was cute. Yeah. Yeah. They should have held... Whatever. There's things they should have done, but it's Riverdale, so they were stripping. Yeah. And so they're going to start up the serpent dance again. Because it wasn't offensive enough the first time for an underage girl to strip for Ski Ulrich. Yeah. Ulrich? I don't know. I don't know. So Percival offers to be a shareholder in the casino, but Veronica says no because she already has a partner. Um, Percival tells her to check in on him at Mantle Motors, and when she does, she finds... Uh, Reggie, that is. When she does, she finds him chilling, playing poker, and uh, gets mad, and she says that he's barred from the casino and her bed. Yep. So Percival shows up, and Veronica's like, hey, if you're having a problem with your suite, please talk to a building manager, not me. <laughs> and I he's like, no, it's fine. Funny. Who's the building manager? I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Peter Brown from Big Brother Canada. I was just about to make that joke! <laughs> I hope so. So he's like, okay, well, anyway, I have to go run an errand to kill Archie. Bye! Um, he says, but this place feels so much like home, so maybe we could have a more robust partnership. Um, may I sir. just say? Ew. Gross. So he's like, let me be an investor. She's like, I already have a partner. He's off helping his dad with the dealership. And then she calls him Percival. So, so she's done it now. Okay. And she's like, well, okay, well, tell me what you think is the problem. And Percival's like, oh, no, I shouldn't say anything. No, I, I don't know. Okay. She's like, spill it. Then don't talk. So she goes to Mantle Motors. Um, she sees that Reggie stole some slot machines from the casino to make money at the dealership. So she's pissed off about that. She's like, we're trying so hard to make money for the casino and you're taking money away from the casino. So he basically says that he just wants something separate that's like his thing. And she's like, whatever, keep the slot machines and leave me alone. And he's like, you can't do that. I'm half owner. And so she's like, show up and see what happens. And I'm like, well, he's half owner. So nothing would happen. I don't, I think. I don't know. I think Veronica has such a commanding presence. Yeah. And so, so I guess Veggie's over right now, which is sad. And, we'll get it back. Uh, we'll get it back. We'll get it back. And it's so embarrassing. She's just like, you're barred from the casino. You're barred from my bed in front of the wise guys. Like, if I were the wise guys, I'd be reporting back to Geraldo and been like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, not Veronica and Geraldo. Bessie, it's happening. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm sad. We knew that it was going to happen. I called it. I'm in pain. I know. That simultaneous oh. realization gave me life. Oh my god. Because for a second I was like, oh, Brittany, do you think that these guys are like bad because of Geraldo? But then I was like, no, that's literally yeah. canon. <laughs> literally canon. So Percival tells Veronica about the white worm where Tony and Tabitha are performing a weird ass song. So Veronica, and they go there and Veronica's pissed off. Uh, and later the casino is like fully empty because they're the white worm is like doing its thing. I think that's funny, by the way. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, but if there's already performances at the casino and the casino is giving me free drinks, I'm probably still hanging out at the casino. Like, it's fully I mean, yeah. empty. Oh, but there's no naked ladies there. I guess. But I don't know if I'd be like, mm, I don't know. 
Anyway, I, I just can't imagine it being fully empty. It's completely empty. Nobody wants to come and, like, gamble? You know what? No, it's that that many people just hated Percival's performance. Yeah, they, just, they were they, like, that was bad. They were like, I can't, I can't watch this again. I can't yeah. do it. So they go to the White Worm, they have pole dancers, and to- Tony and Tabitha dancing a frankly embarrassing dance and song. I'm sure it's a great reference. It's Private Dancer by Tina Turner. I, oh. But I don't know that song, so it's just weird. No, I know that song, but it's still weird. Yeah. It um, just, um... Please stop doing this to these actors. They deserve better than this. Okay, so here's the thing. First of all, the choreographer is so bad. The choreographer is bad I don't think there is time. a choreographer at this point. Who does it? I it's don't bad know. every time. Yeah. And, okay, here's my other complaint about it, why it feels so awkward and why I get so much secondhand embarrassment. Okay, I'm ready. They edit it. The sound editing... They edit it so that we can hear their heels walking across the stage. Why are their heels so loud? If I were there, I would be hearing the music. I would not be able to hear their heels walking across the stage. It makes it it makes it feel awkward because like there it's not in a I'm not immersed in the whole thing. Do you think that was a reference though? To what? I don't know. I'm just talking. I don't think so. All right. I think it was just weird. So Veronica is there with Percival as Monica Posh, and Brittany mentioned this incredible moment where Tabitha says in the I'm song- I'm excited to hear this because I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, in the lyrics of the song, Tabitha says, American Express. <gasps> I did mention this and I'm a genius. And Brittany was like, um, American Express isn't a thing. It's American Excess. And you know what? Devin, as a writer from season two, <laughs> you should know that. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, are they like legally allowed to change the lyric? Um- for the record, I love all Riverdale writers. I think all of you are f- hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> My theory is that they listen to this because why else would they create a little gay thing named yeah. Britannia? That's me! Yeah. Anyway. All of the Dr. Curdle Jr. every episode is for me and Macy from No Contacts Riverdale. That's correct. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the casino was fully empty. I just feel like that's unrealistic for it to be 100% empty. You you underestimate the lure of, <laughs> of beautiful women. I guess. But then sometimes Veronica's performing. Anyway. So Percival is like, hey, that means they declared war on us and we hate them. So we need to teach them a lesson. But what? it's not echoing. Okay. So I'm like, maybe he just like thinks that he can just get her to do this thing without using charm speak. I mean, probably. So he says we need to firebomb them. Does he mean, is this a euphemism or is he talking about actually murdering them? Uh, no, I think he just means destroy their business. Okay. Okay. And so Veronica's like, uh, no, I don't do that. I'm not my dad. You've gone too far, get out. Oh my god, Robin, mm-hmm. firebomb, people getting burned at the stake. Yeah. He really is immortal. Yeah, that's he's it. Re- he's making references. Mm-hmm. So both Pop and Fangs come to Tony and Tabitha to tell them that they don't like this new thing that's happening, and the wise guys tell Reggie to take back the casino. Okay, for the record, all of this felt really slut-shamey, and um, I understand that what the girls were doing to some people is exploiting their their bodies. Um, to me, it's um, them doing whatever they want with their own bodies. Yeah. Thank you. So Pop takes out the garbage and finds a man peeing on the side of the building. I understand why he would be upset about that, yeah. because that is so disrespectful to his family business. Exactly. Um, Tony's doing a pole dance, Fangs comes in, and we couldn't tell at first. I was like, is he into it or is he mad? And then it turns out he's mad. I really wanted him to be into it. And like, oh, she's doing this serpent dance my childhood <laughs> and also like she looked really good yeah um so he's like dude i just got out of jail and now this we're in a custody battle right now bro uh love the implication that fangs called uh her dude yeah <laughs> dude i do have to say that like i understand his point about the custody battle not that he thinks that it would be like a problem for a custody but battle. but society is but annoying that society yeah. and and ms weiss even maybe yeah would not 
be interested people in that. People hate women using their bodies. They hate sex workers. Yeah. I don't get it. I think all of those things are fine if you're consenting to it. Whatever. Yeah. So the wise guys are like, hey, this card game is sad and boring. Uh, why are you sad? You now can be your own person and have your own future. And Reggie says, mm-hmm. um, Veronica was my future. Excuse me? And he's right. So why did he blow it up for himself? Geraldo, get out of here. No, you mean nothing to me. No, this is what I'm confused about is though, if Veronica was his future, why did he deliberately sabotage his own future? It's because he's thinking about his dad. He's not thinking about Veronica. But it it's weird to me because it was like, well, you could have just not barred your dad from it. Also, get him an iPad so we can gamble on his iPad. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, you should take back the casino, but not the girl because she sucked. And then the guy, one of the wise guys is like, shut the hell up, you disrespectful punk. Hey, <laughs> it's not... You can be a criminal, but you can't be But misogynist. you can't be rude. So Veronica, Tabitha, and Tony meet to make professional arrangements so that they're not fighting anymore. And Percival obviously hates that. Veronica tells him that it was Tabitha's idea, which is important for later. I love this. So Tabitha herself calls Veronica and they meet up. Tony and Tabitha leave and give Percival, like, looks, which I really enjoyed. Um, no, it's the way they look at him, like, gotcha. Gotcha, dude. Veronica says, we are three proud women of color who own businesses in a small town, and so we are obviously going to work together. I think that's great. I love it. I have no notes. I'm very pleased. So she says there's going to be two slot machines in the white worm, and Veronica gets back 10% of what uh, that brings in. Plus advertising, of course. Yeah, and there's going to be a Pops booth at the casino. They're going to split the profits for that. And Percival's like, well, great for you. Good for you for figuring that out. And she's like, oh, no, it was Tabitha's idea. And he's like, well, Tabitha's great. And Veronica's like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love how I love how she, she does not. She doesn't at all get the, like, evil context that yeah. he's saying it in. He's just, like, so sinister. He's just like, well, Tabitha is very clever, isn't she? And Veronica's like, yeah, yeah she is. I think so. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> My favorite part of this is um that I think Percival doesn't understand, you know, going off of my assumption that either he's just been brought to this era or that he's immortal, he doesn't understand modern women. Mm. Like, he doesn't understand, like, that... And I think that's why he chose not to enchant. He hasn't enchanted any of them. Mm -hmm. Because he thinks, his own ego, he can manipulate them without it. Yeah. And not realizing that, like, that's not how women are. Mm -hmm. And you, like, especially now, they will tell you to F off to your face. Yeah. You know? So before we move on to the last storyline, we're just going to really quickly talk about Patreon, uh, which is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theaficionados. And it's a monthly donation. We've got some really cool perks that you can get if you sign up. Uh, $1 a month gets you uh, early access to every single podcast. Uh, This one comes out a day in advance. All the other ones come out a week in advance. $2 is our Discord server. $5 gets you 10% off at um, Brittany's store, my store, and Casey's store, who is one of the Lost podcast hosts. And the $10 tier is my favorite, which is our Patreon-only podcast, Okay, Love You, Hi, which is a bi-weekly podcast of about 45 minutes, and we just talk about whatever we feel like talking about. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you can't help us out there, check out um, the store where we sell stuff. That's how you can help us and also get something cool out of it. Um, and if you can't do any of those things, just recommend us to a friend. That's free and uh, also still just as helpful. Yes. Yeah. Check out some of our other podcasts, too, if this is the only one you listen to. And we really appreciate it. Thanks. Love y'all. Okay. So the Archie Jughead storyline. So we begin with Jughead talking about folk heroes while Archie trains. Um, we get to see the Red Circle comic books, which makes me laugh. And uh, we see posters for Rosa Parks, Davy Crockett, Johnny Appleseed, and John Henry. All of those, like... 
all of the those male names are like actively folk heroes in my in my brain, but it mm-hmm. hadn't occurred to me that Rosa Parks would be included in a list like that, and that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, she's also the only person not named John. Yeah, Davy. Oh no, his name's John. Oh okay. Um, says that they're symbols of courage and that they need a hero to defeat their villain. I need a Percival. hero. So at a town meeting, uh, Percival proposes redoing Pickens Park, including the Pickens statue, and Tabitha and Archie push back because Pickens was a bad person, obviously. Um, yeah, let's put the colonizer statue back up. Smart. It's like when they want to put they want to put Gassy Jack back up in Gastown. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he literally was a pedophile. Yeah. Don't put Pass. it back up. We're good though. They moved who's sitting where on the council so that Tabitha doesn't have to sit next to <laughs> next to Percival, which I thought was funny. I like that Tabitha's also always on the end. Yeah. Well, she's on the she's on like the far end now and I'm just like Yeah. It's, that sucks. It's she's a message. Like on the lower part there. So he's like, the park sucks now, but we would uh, redo the park with playgrounds, new pathways, and a new statue. And they're like, um, no. And he's like, my ancestor was lovely because he was the man credited with taming these wild lands. Shut up. Especially having talked about, being talking about, um, like, First Nation people like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that he's not saying that outright, but, like, that's no, what he's saying. No, he's saying The it. word wild? Are you kidding me? It, it, he, he's basically saying, oh, well, you know, I tamed the savages. And I'm I like, are honestly, you t- Like, that's what people said. By the way, yeah. I'm not trying to be of offensive. Course, of that's course. what people say, and it's horrible. Yeah. However, that's their land. Great writing. Yes, very good. Very writing. good writing yes, because good it, it, writing. it definitely um, provokes outrage. It provokes outrage, and I'm hoping that Tony especially will have to say something about that in the yeah, future. Yeah. Um, so they're like, no, that dude sucks. And he was not a hero. He's a reminder of the bad history of the town. Good points. Yes. Okay. So Jughead tells Barchie that they should make Archie a modern-day folk hero so that the people of the town will rally behind him. Jug is going to call the Guinness Book of World Records to call Archie the toughest man, the Man of Iron. Well, because he, he knows people, you see. Yeah. He also brings up that it is possible to combat Percival's powers by thinking of something that means a lot to you. Okay. Thank you, okay. So uh, they're basically talking about how frustrating it is that everybody else seems to think that he's, like, just this great guy when he's literally, like, been the reason that people have died and stuff. Isn't that just most white men? Yeah. Jughead's like, (laughs) Jughead's like, you can, I read this book and you, people are thinking that you can fight mind control by having like an emotional anchor. So you need to think about your core identity. And Archie's like, that's awesome for us. But like, what about everyone else? And how will they know that? Yeah. We, how are we supposed to tell everybody that? And if we even did, everyone would be like, we don't need, what are you even talking about? Percival's such a nice guy. We don't need that. My opinion is that when Alice does it, she'll be thinking of Polly. Yeah. Uh, so Jughead says that they need someone to look up to, which is going to be Archie. He's basically a folk hero already. He's the son of Fred Andrews, who was the champion of the common folk, which was really cute. And so they're going to try and get him off the council. They're going to get the Guinness Book here. But I was sad because the Guinness Book of World Records didn't get, like, a fancy, cute little Riverdale name. I know. It should have been something. What do you think it should have been? Um, I think it would literally just be Guinness Book of World Records, except, like, it would be, like, Quinness. Yeah, I was or literally like, thinking, and you have to change the Guinness. Yeah, but it would have to be like a word, it's going to have to be like a word in itself already. Like American excess, because oh, excess I is see. a word. Oh, well, I was thinking bin- business, but like, no, business. Business. <laughs> the business. Business. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, he's going to call K.O. Kelly, and he's going to be part of their plan. I think who, that's cool. Who's from uh, Katie Keene, we've already seen him a couple times. Uh in the show. R.I.P. to that show. At the next town meeting, Archie says to find a new place to have the meeting because he's turning the El Royale back into a boxing gym and a youth center. This is awesome because we have just been mentioning on the pod, we had just been saying, like, is it still a youth center or, and it turns out, no, it's been shut down to only have town meetings? Yeah, which sucks because, like, that's valuable real estate. Yeah. 
Percival's like, oh, why would you even do that? And Archie's like, well, it's my freaking place, so I do with it what I want. I do what I want. Hiram gave it to me as a present a couple years ago. We were in love, kind of. So it's mine. It it puts my two passions together, fitness and inspiring the community. Like, guys, that was a real line. Yeah. He said fitness and inspiring the community. Well, Archie said fitness and Jughead said inspiring the community. Fitness. But it's true. Fitness is one of his two passions. Please, it's Count one of his passions. And Jughead also says it, it's reminding people to think for themselves, which is a very good dig to Percival. Um, Percival was like, and I took that seriously. But I do once again have to say, I'm kind of mad that Jughead is just normal again. Yeah, he should. He's not even pretending to not, to like. Like they found an excuse to just make him normal. And you know what? We knew that was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, how would this place even inspire anyone? And Jughead's like, it's going to be world famous because it's going to be operated by the toughest man of all time. And everyone's invited to come and see him be tough. And I'm like, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. So Archie shows that he's super tough by several feats and everyone cheers and Jug tells Archie that they're going to have a statue of him instead of Pickens. And everyone clapped. Yeah. Archie Andrews, world's most invincible man, it says on the thing. Listen, as stupid as this is, it is a brilliant idea on yeah. Jughead's part. Like, when is he going into marketing? Jughead put a lot of thought into it. And yeah. if it wasn't for, like, extenuating circumstances, it, it would have worked. worked. I think that's why Percy freaked out. Yeah. Like, It was a brilliant idea. I do have to say, the amount of, like, banners, posters, mock-ups this episode, the freelance artists of Riverdale are making bank. It's true. That's where the money is. It's not in Pearls and Posh. Yeah. (laughs) It's in freelance graphic design for everyone's pissing contest. Yes. So he goes on the bed of nails, and they put cinder blocks on top of him, and he shows his back, and he's totally fine, and he's, like, pretending that it hurts, but it doesn't. It's very good. I had to be told why he's pretending it hurts and it's yeah like, so he doesn't seem like an insane person yeah exactly the guy who cu- came with like the guy from guinness has just this old ass camera once again like riverdale is using super super old technology and i think i still think it's interesting it's funny so he also is getting his abs smashed with a hammer and he's being and kept smashed with a hammer and he's being kept in a locked freezer for a really long time um, everyone's cheering for him and Percival's really upset. I hope he cries about it later. Me too. So they're like, congrats, toughest man. And he's like, how do you feel? And Archie's like, I feel good. Like, my dad had that book in the bathroom, so it's going to be kind of cool. Did your parents also have that book in the bathroom? I don't think they had that specific book. In fact, the ba- the book that was in the bathroom in my family uh, was Archie Comics. We had both. Yeah. We had that and ba- the, you know, straight up bathroom readers. Yeah. You know, a, a, a classic. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we had uh, Archie Comics. I would read those in the shower. Mm. I don't know why, would but I would. they be destroyed? No, they, they they got destroyed. I just did it anyway. Don't, aren't you doing other things in the shower? Um, like, you know, bathing? Yeah. No, I was just having a good time just hanging out in there. You can imagine doing that and standing at the same time. Yeah, now looking back, I don't know how I did that. Like, when I'm in the shower, I'm like, I gotta get out of here so I can sit back down. Yeah. <laughs> So they're like, no one's asked many questions, which is good, and everyone loved you and not Percival, and he's got a statue that he's commissioned from a guy in New York. Dude, that is so That's expensive. so expensive, Where do you dude. have this money from? Like, it's so expensive to commission a statue. <laughs> to commission a statue? A full, a full statue? A full statue, like full life-size statue. How much money was that? They had to do a, so there's actually a statue, or a bust, not even a full statue, yeah. of Janeway in her hometown that they had to, like, crowdfund to get yeah. made. Yeah, yeah. So Archie's like, I'm just a little bit worried because if I fight K.O. Kelly, I might, like, hurt him and also his reputation, which is what I don't want to do, which is really nice. Uh, very sweet, Archie's yeah. a very nice boy. 
And he's like, it's okay. He always knocks people out. That's his thing. That's why he's called KO. So all you have to do is get up there and not get knocked out. Exactly. Great idea. Like I said, Jughead has thought this through very thoroughly. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that about him. He really could run his own PR agency. Yeah. So K.O. Kelly shows up to fight Archie and Archie asks him to help build the boxing ring back up. And he says, no, he's going to the casino. Um, I think that's really funny. <laughs> I thought that was funny too. He's like, wow, Archie, you look like a damn rock. And Archie's rock. like, ha ha, yeah. Thanks for helping Sorry, us promote guys. the gym. And K.O. says he'll go easy on him because he doesn't want him to want to ruin his pretty face. I mean, thanks. I mean, his face is very pretty. Are you guys going to kiss? It's always nice to be told you're pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, will you help me build the ring? And he's like, ha, no. Katie Keen told me about the casino, so I'm doing that. <laughs> um, It's the way that KJ probably loved doing all of this. Yeah. KJ's like, okay. So Percival shows up as Archie's setting up and uses his magic to get Archie to cut his arm with a box cutter, but the box cutter just breaks. And Archie thinks of Fred and is able to fight Percival's power. It was really sweet. It's really yeah. sweet. I love it. So we've got this Echo using the Echo to know when he's using his power. And he's like, oh, the door was unlocked, so I just came in. Well, that's not the first time I've seen you do that. You are so rude, you have no manners. He has no manners. No. So he's like, please pick up the box cutter and press it into your arm and die. Thank you. And Archie does it because he's being charm spoken to. Mm -hmm. uh, but it just breaks. <laughs> I will say, just going back to the Fred thing for a second... I really like that, you know, this show isn't written well, and I think that's obvious, yeah. but the one thing that they do really well is they never invoke Fred or Luke Perry mm -hmm. in a disrespectful way. It's very well done. They do it um, very sparingly, very sparingly, uh, very occasionally, but in the perfect way, and it is not something that they would have done if they had written Fred off the show. Yeah. You know? Like, it, they, they are kind of only doing this because Luke Perry, like, passed away. Yeah. But I'm not mad at it. I think that's awesome, then. No, I do. I do appreciate it, and I appreciate the respect that they show him as an actor to never use Fred in, like, a, a hokey way. I and mean, yeah, in context, it's kind of hokey that he's using the memory of Fred to break a mind control, but it's not used very frequently. And it's never clunky. No, and I think it also comes down to KJ uh, being very good at communicating that. Yeah. Yeah. So the box cutter breaks and uh, Percy's like, uh, what? <laughs> um, he sees the Fred picture and he's like, you tried to shoot and you missed. Uh, and then Percy just runs away. Yeah. Absolute a, coward. It's funny. This is the third time in two episodes where Archie would just be full dead if not for his new power. Yeah. Like the amount of times that people have tried to kill Archie in the past can, and it just can, hasn't worked is, is spectacular. You know then. what? Let's take a moment for how funny this would have been if yeah. it had been Hiram. Yeah, true. Can, like, can we just think about how hysterical that would be? Of him just running away. Well, and just realizing that Archie is now unkillable. He'd be like, damn it. Yeah. So Archie tells Jughead what happened and they're like, it's great that the thing worked, you know, I, that I tried to think of my dad and it worked, but it's only a temporary solution. And... Jughead's like, it's fine, because after the fight, after you get your award, after we put up your statue, the whole town will be behind you and we'll drive Percival out of town. Yes. Sure. Why not? Okay. Percival comes to K.O. Kelly and tells him to walk into traffic. Uh, so <laughs> he can't compete now because he walked into traffic. Because <laughs> he literally walked into traffic! Uh, Percival calls Archie and says that he'll fight him instead. So they make a bet and then the deal is on. So now he's fighting Percival and it's not K.O. So Kelly. so weird. So poor K.O. Kelly's just getting pops. <laughs> Having a good time in Riverdale. And he turns around and he goes, do I know you, bud? Hey, and hey. Percival says, I'm a huge fan. I've seen your fight against Hurricane Henry. And he's like, oh, well, it's, it's nice to meet a fan. Well, I got to get to bed for my fight because I got a big fight. So they see gotta you later. do important guy things. We cut to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and he's too injured to fight now. 
He had to have surgery because he walked into traffic. <laughs> So Archie gets a call from Percival, and he goes, Percival, you snake. Which I love. He earned it. It reminded me of, I think, early in season five, Reggie, you scumbag. Reggie, you scumbag. I loved it. Reggie, you douche canoe. So the fact that he answered the phone being like, hello, I know that it is Percival, means that, first of all, Percival has Archie's number because he was able to call him, but also Archie has Percival in his contacts and knows and knew it was him. Oh my god. Well, oh yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So Percival's like, oh my god, sorry about your friend. And Archie's like, you're sorry that he didn't die. And Percival's like, huh? What? What? I don't even know what you're talking I about. I literally anyway. have no idea. What? That's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> I'll fight you. And Archie's like, that'd be really fun for me, but a really bad idea for you. And Percival goes, or Archie goes, you do not want to do that. And Percival goes, oh, dude, but I do. Um, Percival saying, dude, I'm sorry, that was funny. No, it was genuinely funny. It was good. Wait, maybe that's my favorite line of word. Maybe. I got that. I got that written down. Percival saying, that. dude, is very funny. Yeah. So Percy's like, I know that you're very tough, but I was a really good boxer at Cambridge because every single person on this show has boxed um, for some reason. Have you never boxed? I've never boxed. I'm a professional boxer. Oh. I'm also a professional liar. Okay. Yeah. So the bet is if Archie wins, uh, Percival resigns from the council, but if Percival wins, Archie has to personally put up the Pickens statue. So it's, um, council or racism. Got yeah. It. And so Jughead's like, oh, that's weird. He's going to try and, like, control you in front of the whole town. And Archie's like, it doesn't matter. I'll think about my dad and I'll just destroy him. Fantastic. At the fight, Archie gets street ruined and loses. <laughs> yeah, Archie does get his ass handed to him. And afterward, Jughead and Betty, uh, discuss what could have happened. Robin, mm-hmm. please flex. What? You guessed the whole thing! Oh, I did! Well, we spent the whole time being like, what? How is this happening? I don't understand why he's losing. That doesn't make sense. And then mid-commercial break, I was like, I've got it. It was the palladium. And then literally two seconds later, Betty was like, like, it, it was must the, be palladium. the palladium. And I was like, nice. That's my friend. She real smart. Thanks. So Fred is the referee. Is is that the word in boxing? Fred is not the referee. Frank. Yeah. I have Frank written. I know that referee is the word in hockey and umpire is the word in baseball. Is referee the word in boxing? I don't know anything about boxing except that I thought it's you really were a professional. Video. I'm a professional at watching the worst episode of Star Trek Voyager in season five called The Fight, where Chakotay has to box an alien to get them out of um a, a, a bubble. It's a really bad episode. You should watch it. And it's got good Janeway and Chakotay stuff. Referee Not is the word. You wouldn't even like it. Oh, okay. Referee is the word in boxing. Hey, where's the ring girl? So true. Because, first of all... I know Veronica wanted to be up there. No, I think it should have been a dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Honestly, it should have been Frank. Kevin. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's gay? Yeah, Kevin would put on a skirt. I've seen him in a I've seen him in It's a true. You know what? Any opportunity to put on full drag and yeah. Kevin would do it. Um, Percival's trainer is Keller, which is such a slap in the face because he used to be Archie's trainer. Do you think he's enchanted too? He's definitely enchanted. Yeah. But it hurts my feelings. It also hurts my feelings. And then Archie's being supported by Jughead. Um, I don't know if that's gonna work. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. (laughs) So Jughead's like, remember your dad. And Archie's like, I could never forget him, which is so beautiful. So sweet. So Percival gives a wink to Archie. Um, and like I said, Percival is slightly more likable if he's gay. Yes. Um, but I think it's a bad idea because we don't want all of the evil people to be gay. My thing is, I think all villains in Riverdale who want to kill Archie would be more interesting if they were gay, because yeah. that just means that everyone's down bad for Archie. Yes, correct. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's a concept. Uh, so Reggie is there, and he says out loud that he hopes that Archie wins. Percival, in his uh, charm speak, asks Archie to let him win, but then we have a little Fred montage, which is really beautiful. Ooh. And then he gets hit in the face, and he gets actually hurt, and yep. there's blood, and it's 
really bad. But but Archie's still a really good fighter, even if it's just normalizes him. Yeah. So does the Palladium make him normal again, or does it make him even weaker? I think it probably makes him weaker. Okay. Thanks, Tony, Veronica, and Alice are also here. Mm-hmm. So Archie falls, he gets up a couple of times, and at some point Jughead tells him to just, just stay, down stay down for his own safety, yeah. but he won't do it because it's Archie. Um, but then he gets hit really bad, and he's done. And then Alice... Cheers. Okay. For him absolutely destroying Archie. Like, Frank is just standing there allowing this. Like, there's there's so much of... Like, this guy's power must be so powerful because yeah. there, are, there are things that he does that, like, these people would never support, you know? The whole town is enchanted. Yeah. Like, that's just a fact. Yeah. So they go to the back... Um, in the locker rooms, and we see the statue that they <laughs> made of Archie, which is really funny. Um, um, I missed that when we were watching it, and I'm sad. Yeah, but it's also really funny, because it's like, you got you got that done that fast? Whoever commissioned that, or whoever that was commissioned for, whoever he this. commissioned that from, did, yeah, did very quick work. Um, statues take way longer to get made. Yeah. Just for the record. So Biddy shows up and says she's sorry she missed it because she was busy with Cheryl. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Percival has won everything. Archie gets nothing from Guinness. And so how did this happen? He must have known his weakness. But how could he possibly have gotten the Palladium? Because Betty has the only piece of Palladium that she knows about. So they go and check where she was keeping the Palladium and it's gone. Where was she keeping it? Was just like a random box? Or? I think it's, I think they went to her office, like the FBI office, and she had it in a box. Oh, okay, like okay, 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 okay. So it's revealed that Percival got Alice to let him into Betty's room one night, and he got Betty to tell him everything and then forget about it. Not creepy at all. I'm sorry, but that is really lazy writing. Uh, yeah. Like, they're just like, well, he has to know about it. Um, let's just have it so that he just knows. Yeah, um, he enchanted Alice. Done. Done. And he knew about the Palladium and put some in his boxing gloves, which is what I thought happened, and I feel very smart about it. And you should. So we see him writing in his little freaking book. He got a little journal. And he's got Palladium in the gloves. Hi, Betty. Tell me everything. And Betty's like, hey, um, what are you doing in my room? And he's like, forget I was even here. And she's like, okay, I guess she did. So lastly, uh, the Pickens statue is up. He tells Frank and Tom that his main enemy is now Tabitha because he's like kind of destroyed Archie now. It's like the way that he's going after almost all the women and then just randomly Archie. Yeah. So Archie put up the statue. He's a man of his word. And they're like, well, why are you still upset, Percival? And he he says that Tabitha has false virtue and stands in the way of true progress. And she's not long for this world. Okay, so I actually really don't like the fact that Archie did this. Mm. Um, I think that if he is the Archie that I know him to be, he still wouldn't have done that because it's a racist statue. Mm. But then maybe that's just me. Yeah. I don't know how he would have been able to get along, get like get away with it, get away with not doing it because yeah. it was like, I mean, he was so sure that he wouldn't lose. Yeah. I'm just pupset. Yeah. Yeah, I said pupset. I'm old. It's been a while since we've done that. So now we're going to go into our segments. Um, my first segment is which character needs a hug the most. I'm giving it to Cheryl this episode. Fair enough. Thank you. My segment is which MILF was the most badass. I guess Tony? Tony becoming a MILF is a real game changer for the which MILF yeah. was the most badass segment. Because Lord knows it isn't Alice. No. And all of the other MILFs are gone. Yeah. So my motivation for being here, guys, yeah. it's low, but not um, zero. For Sam, uh, she told us that what she was shipping the most this episode is Tony and Tabitha again. Uh, and God, do I ever support her. Yeah. My next segment is, is Chick dead or what? I don't know. Is Hiram dead? Apparently not. But I don't know for sure. You can't keep a good DILF down. Yeah. Now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Archie for... Percival, you snake. We were just talking about you. Talking about you. <laughs> That's good. All right. 
And mine goes to Archie and Percival for... You do not want to do that. Oh, dude, but I do. A dude. Oh, dude. Oh, a dude. And now for our trailer thoughts. Uh, this is the little blurb that came uh, with the trailer. Um, Riverdale through the years. After learning that Percival's plan to reinvigorate Riverdale would lead to the demise of Pops, Tabitha searches for a way to fight back. But when she is targeted by one of Percival's accomplices, the incident sends her back in time and searching for answers. I am so excited. It sounds fun. This is so cool. I really like this idea. I think it's really neat. So this is what I've got for what happened in the trailer. Okay. We see a framed photo of Martin Luther King Jr. And later we realize that that is something that is happening in one of the past times. So I think that takes us to uh, the 60s because that's when um, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Mm -hmm. So I think that's 60s. We have at least 60s. We see a man uh, with a gun coming into Pops. Tabitha says, the bullet hit me and triggered a time jump. So she starts waking up in different times. And one of them we see her as Tina, and we see young Pop in the background as well, who I love, and I'm happy to see him every single time. I think he's awesome. Jughead says, you're a time traveler? And Tabitha says, yes. I am obsessed with the fact that even the people who weren't in the... In the explosion, everybody's getting ta- getting powers now. Well, this the, is great. I think the implication is that now, whatever happened, if you go through a trauma, you get powers. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Okay, it's neat. So we see her um, with like uh, a version of Archie in an office. That one seems like quite old timey. Reading the Riverdale Register with an article about Y two K. So that would be nineties Tabitha. I remember all of that, by the way. Yeah, we see Tina consoling young Pop. We see um, older Pop with 90s Tabitha. That's the one with the braids, I think. Yeah. And he has like a little Pop's baseball hat, which I really want. Um, We see another Tabitha, which I think is the one that we saw with Archie earlier, much farther back in like maybe a little nurse outfit, but might also be her waitress outfit. And we see that Tabitha with Tony and Fangs with their baby leaving Pops. Yes. And then uh, old timey Percival in a car with glasses, which makes him look like a serial killer. I mean... He do be is. always looking like a zero. Yeah, he is a zero is. killer, yeah. And uh, then lastly, we see Tabitha crying in front of the picture of MLK, which I think is 60s Tabitha. Yes. Yeah. I'm very excited. I love time travel. I love flashbacks. So I'm extremely excited. Same. And I'm really excited to know if this is going to be her power or if this is what triggers her power. I'm yeah. not sure. And I'm also interested to see if she is Tabitha in all of these different times. Yeah. Or if she is Tina and she is this person, this person, this person, and we're just seeing flashbacks to these random people in like her random uh, ancestors' yeah. lives. Or if, cause she says, I'm a time traveler and she seems to have memory of that. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Is she taking over other people's lives or have these people always been there and she's just taking over their souls for a second? Yes. Basically. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, thanks so much to Sam for hanging out while we recorded this podcast. That's my baby. If you're so inclined, please leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. If you're a fan of The 100, we talk about that show too. We did seasons four to seven as they were airing, and we are going back to the good old days, starting with season three and ending with season one. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. It's, it's coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Season yes. four is coming. We have covered seasons one to three. We have. Um, so uh, listen to those before season four comes out, which is next month. Extremely exciting. And we also put out our thoughts on the trailer on that feed, so go and check it out. Exactly. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. We are almost done season three over there. Uh, we are spoiler free until a spoiler section at the end. So if you want to uh, listen along with us as we uh, as you watch for the first time, I would be absolutely honored if you did that. <laughs> uh, we have guests over there and it's our longest and most big brain podcast. So if you're looking for some real in-depth stuff, that's where you find it. 
Hell yeah. You can follow the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter, and where we make skips of our favorite land awards on Tumblr. It's true. Uh, like I said earlier, our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it is really expensive. It's free for you to listen to, but it's not free to make, and uh, it takes up a lot of time out of our lives, so we would really appreciate your help. We love doing it, um, but anything helps. Thank you. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Apitania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow my shop at Visit Binnylands. Yes. And you can follow my shop at Hi Birdie. H-I-B-Y-R-D-I. Yeah. Uh, our next episode is episode 611. It's called Angels in America. So Angels in America is a two-part play by American playwright Tony Kushner. Part one of the play premiered in 1991 and part two premiered in 1992 and its Broadway opening was in 1993. The play is a complex, often metaphorical, and at times symbolic examination of AIDS and homosexuality in, Al- in, a- in, Al- <laughs> in America in the 1980s. Certain major and minor characters are supernatural beings, angels, or deceased persons, ghosts, Initially and primarily focusing on one gay and one straight couple in Manhattan, the plot has several additional storylines, some of which intersect occasionally. In 2003, HBO adapted Angels in America into a six-episode miniseries using the same title. Fun Uh, fact, Patrick Wilson's in that. Yeah. Uh, Bill Ervolino listed the miniseries among the the 12 best-filmed portrayals of AIDS to date. I have heard that as well. I've heard that it's uh, very deeply ingrained in queer history. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm very excited for next episode. Me too. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.